0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one, the only, well, I don't know, there might, she might not be the only, but she the only one I know, Natalie Esman is on the show today, joining us in the early morning hours from California You're going to love this woman. You're going to love her energy. And you're going to love yourself for sharing this out. So go ahead. Share this out. Stay with us. We'll be right back with the one and only Natalie Espen. Okay, we are back. Let me bring Natalie on. Natalie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, good morning. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am so happy to have you here. So um, I did not realize that you are a fangirl of the show. <laughs> I'm
1: <just kidding> yes, <laughs> very big fangirl. <laughs>
0: oh, you're awesome. So, I I don't even know. I saw a post or something that you did, and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her to be on the show, and um, I'm so grateful that you're here, so thank you. And this is all about your life, so we're going to talk about your life story, and I'd love to start with you telling everybody who you are, where you were born and raised, where it all started for you.
1: Um, So I was born in Fontana, California. Um, and I was raised in Rancho Cucamonga. I'm the oldest of four. I have a younger brother, two younger sisters, and um, I've been in my industry for 18 years now. I just love it. I'm so passionate about it, and I love helping people. And a lot of my personal story goes back to why I love to share um, strategies with money, talking about money, educating, teaching people, and bringing awareness around money. Um, a lot of it has to do with, well, I feel like we're all predestined with some type of purpose and my heart always goes there. But, um, if you look at my life, it really reflects a lot of why I'm constantly talking about this.
0: Wow. So, so talk about you were and where, what was the town you were born in?
1: (laughs) Fontana.
0: Fontana. Okay. Is where is that? What part of California?
1: It's Southern California. It's uh it's probably about a, an hour from LA. So where you were when you came out?
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's funny. So I live in Orange County now. I've been out here for about two years, and people would ask me where I moved from. I'd tell them ranch at Cucamonga, and they'd go, Oh, the country, which was really funny to me. I'm like the country, the suburbs, but like, yeah, the country. <laughs>
0: Is it the country? No. Oh, it's not.
1: That's just was their perception of it, I guess.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, so I, so in orange County is that close? I guess that's probably close closer to the Pacific ocean than I am right now, but you're, yes. are you close to the water?
1: Yes. I'm about are... 10 minutes.
0: Oh, that's close. Yeah. It's close. That's <laughs> awesome. That's really awesome. So what was it like for you growing up? I mean, you went to school, elementary, all of that in, in that area. What was it like for you um growing up out there I mean, what was childhood like?
1: Childhood was pretty simple. I mean, my parents, I was raised by my dad and my stepmom. I had my siblings. There's a little bit of an age gap between us. But, you know, my parents were very um, routine. We were kind of very Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of family. We were church multiple times a week. I'd be home when the lights came on. We were, we were a lot of just that type of family. Um, And then I would go visit my birth mom during the summer. So that kind of gave me a little bit of variety. I would go to Yellowstone. She lived in Montana.
0: Oh, wow. My
1: summers in Yellowstone, really small town. Uh, It was about two miles long. That you could call the country.
0: Yeah, wow. (laughs) There wasn't
1: even grocery stores. There was no fast food. I mean, I could walk from one end to the other. I spent my summers fishing, camping, hiking. I had a friend whose dad had a horse ranch up there, so i go work on the horse ranch for the summers. We'd take the tourists into Yellowstone, and so it was just a blast. I had the best time doing that, um, wow. and out there, you only have to be 14 to start working, so right before my 14th birthday, I started working and making money. In Montana? Yeah. Yes. Wow. But
0: mm-hmm. just during the summer?
1: Just during the summer.
0: Okay, so your mom left Fontana and moved to Montana.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. Essentially, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. She's like, where could I move that rhymes with so, yeah. so okay, so that's a little bit that that's you don't hear stories like that normally. Like normally it's I saw my dad in the summers, not not right. my mom. So that's a little different. So what um what was I like to always kind of explore, you know, the, the things that we do as adults, I feel like there's always something or someone, an event um, that, that happens during childhood that pushes us in the direction we go um, as adults. Does anything kind of come to mind when I, when I say that? For
1: me, I feel like I was born with the words of wanting to be free. Like that's just always been something that's been important to me. And I think that's why I've always wanted to have money. Because even when I was, before I was working, if you gave me money for school, you know, Christmas, holidays, whatever, there was always money in my pockets. I was saving money in a jar. What's funny is my dad actually had, um, because when I was younger, he was a bartender. He had a huge moose head jar that he would, and every night he'd fill it up with coins. And I would always have one of those as a kid. (laughs) I still have a piggy bank now is what's funny. So um, but that was one of them. Was just having that freedom the other thing too was um i needed something to keep me focused this is the truth when i would go to my mom's yeah i would have fun out there but i'm in a small town in the middle of the wilderness there's not a lot of things to do it was really easy to get in trouble so to speak right out there yeah i remember um one night we went around I'm like can i say this that loud it's probably like a <laughs> felony or something we went yes. out all the street signs from around the town and hid them under my mom's house. And they just put street signs up. It was a new thing, right? Because they're such a small community. We thought we were a riot. Took all the signs down, right? All of a sudden, here they come, uh, Nancy. Your daughter took all the signs around town down. My um. <laughs> mom's like, okay, we're you know you're gonna come start to work with me. And so honestly, Ken, that was one of the best times for me because I started working with her. And in the mornings, we worked. We would clean a motel bathrooms. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was scrubbing toilets, so that wow. was you know not the best thing, but hey, it was money. But then at nights, because she was a cook, I would be her prep cook in a restaurant with her, and we just had the best time. I loved being in there cooking with her, and just uh, we would have so much fun.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, so, but you're out in the middle of nowhere, Montana. <laughs> like, did I mean? So the horse ran. I mean, did you work on any of the ranches or any any of that at all?
1: I didn't get paid to do that. I was really just hanging out with my friend and then, you know, her dad was making us do stuff, but I got to ride the horses.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, and, and then you would leave there and go back to California, Southern California for the school year and only see your mom in the summers.
1: For the most part, she would come to California sometimes, but for the most part, just during the summers.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so you, you established a work ethic early.
1: Yes. Yes. And that was a really big deal for me because um, at that time, and I don't know how the school systems are now, but at that time they had ROP. So as soon as I could get my driver's license, so that was where you would get paid to work. You get school credits and get paid to work. And so as soon as I got my driver's license, of course, I got a job here in California, started working and I got so many credits that I only had to take one class my senior year of high school, which was zero period office aid. So I never went to school my senior year. And so I started learning leverage, I think, at an early age was something that um, has worked for me well.
0: Well, talk about that. What do you mean leverage?
1: There's value. We can create value with different things. So I started learning um, what can I bring to the table that's gonna create win-win situations that's gonna help us both grow, where I'm still gonna hit my goal and that person's gonna hit that goal. So I started learning different ways to do that. I started learning higher laws about around things early and studying that early. Right. Um, and again, I think that was a big part of it as well.
0: Right. Right. So you you what did you start doing in California? What was your first job there? Do you remember?
1: Yes, I worked at William Pie Pizza in Rancho Cucamonga, and I was the cashier, and I made pizzas. And we had to like toss the pizza dough in the air.
0: Oh, did too. Yeah,
1: and some of my girlfriends that I worked with, that I went to school with, worked there. And you know, it was the hot spot in Rancho Cucamonga. (laughs) Kids would go there after school and stuff, and we'd serve pizza.
0: Wow. Yeah. Did you work there for a long time, like all through through high school?
1: All through high school.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, okay. Then did you end up in college?
1: I, I Well, so after high school, I became a mom. I became a mom at 19. And I, that was, again, part of my uh, journey with money. Because I came from really not having a lot of responsibility and making money, and so I always had more savings than the average person, to struggling. It was hard financially to be a single parent and have to do that income, and I'm working at a restaurant, and so I had to stop and think to myself, okay, what do I want the rest of this to look like for me? And so I decided to go to school Like my, my goal was my stepmom was a nurse. She loved nursing. Her mom was a nurse, her grandma was a nurse. So I said, okay, well I'll do medical school. That'll be my thing, which is funny. Cause I don't even like to go to the doctor. So I don't know what I was thinking. But um, <laughs> I know I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking, but so I went to school. I became a medical assistant and my son was growing up in daycare. I was still working full time as a waitress. I was in school full time. I was doing an internship. He was growing up in daycare and I was thought. Is this how I want it to look like for me? Because this is it. Like, if this is the road I'm on, I got another four or five years of school. I have to decide, is this what I want it to look like? And it definitely was not that. So I ended up staying in waitressing. And um, it was funny because I actually was at work one day and I had a friend come in with another friend and I had told him, get me out of here. Get me a, Give me a job because he had started his own company. And his friend goes, well, I know of a place that's hiring. Let me you know, refer you over. And that's how I started in financial services. I um, started as a loan processor. I was loan processing started in 2004, and that was right when every everybody was houses were going like hotcakes. Everyone was bringing that in. So I did that 2004-2008. Yeah. And during that time, I saw everyone's finances were a mess. In my mind, I thought that it was just because I wasn't making enough money. That's why I was having money challenges. <laughs> Excuse me. When I saw people's finances, right, their whole 1003s out. I'm seeing that they're just not knowing how to be good stewards of
0: their money. Wow! So, as a loan, okay. So a loan processor. What does what's that entail? What so? And first, I want to back up. You you kept saying that you were still waitressing. Was that at the pizza place?
1: No. Oh,
0: Oh, you moved up. You were. You're like I moved up to Denny's. (laughs) I went to Denny's from there. No, I
1: moved way up. (laughs) I went to Red Lobster. I did you really at red lobster and it was so funny because two of my girlfriends were working there and they wouldn't hire me they kept telling red me red you know, lobster interviewed- yeah red lobster i interviewed like what? seven times i said i'm not going to stop calling to interview here until you hire me i'm going to keep bugging you every week because so i want to work with my best friends they now at this point were my roommates we had a condo together and um and so wow. i finally got the job <laughs> i'm very I, persistent,
0: Ken. <laughs> I think in the history of red lobster employment there's nobody that's been that persistent you're it like you win <laughs> so so i'm just saying and and now you're wanting I, i'm i'm suddenly craving those cheesy biscuits <laughs> and i'm a vegan now i don't well, even are I, you? I, I, yeah i don't but it, okay so so you went to um you ended up working as a loan processor at this. Um, hey, we got the great Jackson crisp on with us. What's happening? Um, so, so you ended up a, a loan processor at a f- mortgage company. Is that what it was? I, I
1: um, yeah. So it was actually, they did full financial planning. So part of it was oh. they had a processing center.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: during that time I got my life license and I got my securities license and okay. just kind of transitioned.
0: Okay. And so you you saw you saw through being a loan processor there that people what didn't know how to manage money. Is that what the what it boiled down to?
1: Yeah, pretty much everyone's situation was the same. It didn't matter how much income they had coming in. Either they were a good steward of their money or they were not. The majority of people were not. And what I found surprising was the people that were making more money were in far worse situations than people that were making less money and just, you know, being more mindful of how they were using it.
0: Wow. Um, Okay. So, so talk about, so you went, so you're going through this, I mean, were you still there in 2008,
1: 2009? Yes. That was right when well, I transitioned full time into being fi- a financial strategist was right at the end of that boom though.
0: I mean, you that would be a good time to be a financial strategist, I think. Yes. Um, so so hell starts raining down on people <laughs> in 2008 and 9, right? What where did things go? Where where was the turn for you? What what happened? What was the day, the moment
1: Um, where I felt like my career changed.
0: Yeah. Where you went from being a loan processor into financial planning. Right. Is that.
1: Yeah. What honestly, what changed was that I'm not good with having a boss. Hmm. And so that was part of it. So even though when I was doing the loan processing, I was still really lucky because I still had a lot of freedom, Yeah. but I still was had someone else's thumb over my head. And I um, that just doesn't work for me. (laughs) I've just never been good in that realm, even when I was waitressing, because one thing that I had learned that I had a self-employed mindset because I was always working in a commission based industry, essentially. Right. And I didn't know that. So I I had a hard time. Even when I graduated as a medical assistant, I did my internship. They wanted to hire me. I said, I can't I can't work here. I'm just not that girl. I can't have somebody telling me I have to be here for a certain amount of time. When I was in the waitressing in in the restaurant industry, I had that flexibility. I had 30 other people to pick up a shift for me, right? I could come and go and create my schedule as I wanted to. So I needed to be free. Yeah. That was really what it was for me is I needed that freedom to really be able to express myself the way that I wanted to.
0: Wow. So, so where did things go from there And and how, how many years did you work at that? So that was a friend that started that company, right?
1: No, he actually introduced me to one of his friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a completely different company. And I worked there for a long time, 15, 15 years. Wow. hmm 15 years. And that's actually how I met Joe and Netta.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. We worked in the
1: same office together. Netta was my first association of a woman making a multiple six-figure income on her own. So I have wow. a ton of, hey Debbie, I have a ton of respect for netta i think that she was just such a great example for me um just because she's so well rounded she's down to earth she's a great mom she's a great wife she's so i i feel like i really got blessed in that regard
0: she tolerates joe (laughs) she's she's definitely (laughs) a saint (laughs) (laughs) i love too. she's (laughs) awesome so 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 okay talk about because loan, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is loan processing seems significantly different than financial planning or helping people with their finances, right?
1: Um, I'm going to say no for me, but only because my situation was a little bit different because most loan pro- uh, processes are working for a mortgage company. I was not. I was working with financial strategists. So when I was processing their loans, it was to do a strategy for people. And so I was seeing firsthand what they were doing. I mean they were going in and giving people full body makeovers like that. So it it just made sense to me. And And I started to see too, I realized that, you know, for most of us we have our insurance agent over here, our, you know, whoever helps us with our investors, our you know, benefits we may have at our job no one's looking at that as a whole package and the reality is is they all go together and there's different strategies for each one but you know if i'm oprah and i want to talk about my finances it doesn't matter if it's three in the morning my whole team's showing up to talk about my finances with me and i have a team around that right, right. i think it's important for everybody to have um, when you're working with your finances your cpa should be talking to each other you're, like all these people should be working together towards your financial future and so that was evident to me that that was part of the challenge that people were having is you know it just wasn't all being meshed together
0: aren't there like really big companies that have all those departments that that you can go to that uh, and i'm i'm asking honestly aren't aren't there like and it seems like from this from the lay perspective like i that seems like a very expensive venture for somebody to to head into is like i'm going to hire a company with all these different departments that can help me with every aspect?
1: So um, I'm going to say no, that most companies can't do that. And I'll tell you why is because most companies aren't helping people in multiple areas. If you look at most financial planners, they're going to have, they're 65, right? Maybe they're six and 63. If you look at people that are in the life insurance industry, they tend to be more conservative. They're really just going to talk to you about, life insurance, right? So when you're working with a company that's wearing both hats, um, you just are able to give people more options. And I think that that's so important because we're all different, our situations are different, and, I, and we need to be able to have options. Uh, people that want to be sold, they need to be educated and have options. And so that's what I loved is I got to really educate people and show them what their options were because there can be different strategies. You know, if I'm only selling one product or I'm having one license, I can only offer that to them. Well, it doesn't mean it's the right solution. And, and I didn't wanna be that person. I wanted to go in there convicted with what I was doing, knowing I was offering a solution because then what? People are always buying <laughs> if you're doing it that way, right? Right. And so I, I wanted to bring that to the table.
0: So what do you, in 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 your experience, and it sounds like you have a ton of experience. I was, you said you were a mom at, at 19. I was expecting you to say, now he's three, but like, it sounds like he might not be three anymore. Um, but the, you know, when, what, in your experience, what is it that, what are the top two or three things that you see the majority of people are doing wrong when it comes to managing their finances? They're not. <laughs> they're all oh, they're not. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. They're just not. Or if they are, they're just not taking it next level for them. What does that look like for them? Just not knowing that there are options to go next level. I think wow. that's the biggest thing. People just want to avoid it, um, not want to deal with it. I don't know how to do this. I don't want to look at it. It overwhelms me. People have such an emotional attachment to money, they're so emotional invested or have strong belief systems that don't serve them around money. And that's really the name of the game. When I'm looking at someone's finances, I'm really looking at what are their patterns and belief systems and where do we need to shift that? Because if I can't shift that, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day what I do for them. They're going to repeat the cycle, right? If I help them get out of debt five, 10 years later, they're going to be in debt again, right? They're going to repeat the cycle. And I'm not saying everything's perfect all the time. We all have seasons, but um, at least they have the tools to get themselves out of the situation at that point they can do it themselves they're empowered by it
0: so would you call yourself a psychologist as well then <laughs>
1: <laughs> well let me tell you so i think i i really do think i have to bring a lot of that to the table absolutely I really do. And yeah. so my husband is a business and relationship development coach. He is a master in psychology. So I think yeah. that I've definitely picked up a few things from him over the years. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a lot of psychology in it. A lot when I'm working with some women, I, it's a lot of um, self-worth issues, teaching them how to be good receivers. Um you know, and and even that's something, too, that's important to me is just be em- empowered. where you don't have to stay in situations you don't want to stay in. Right? right. If you don't like your job, what do you have to do to get out of that job? If you don't like your relationship, how do you get back on your feet so you don't have to stay in that relationship? So right. really just about empowering people to make better decisions for themselves. Because once you know how to do these things, it's like riding a bike. You know how to do it. Right. The time to learn and how to do it.
0: So do people like come to you because they're, they're, um, they're already wealthy and they just want to be wealthier and you're going to help them? Um, or do they come to you because their life is falling apart financially and they don't know what the heck to do?
1: I'd say my first twelve years were probably my life is falling apart and I don't know what the heck to do. (laughs) That was probably my first twelve years, and I was probably my first seven right there with them. Um, But now, (laughs) yeah, but now that's definitely shifted for me, where I'm dealing with, yeah, more where we're we're building wealth, we're looking at other strategies like that.
0: Yeah, we all have to start with the bottom feeders. So we
1: have, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs)
0: Uh, um that's just mean so so what do you think i mean so okay let's back up again i i I have another question because we we somehow got past this quickly you have a husband how long have you been married and how many other children do you have
1: So we have, uh, so we've been married 10 years. We're a blended family of five kids and we would have one child together, but uh, we had a stillbirth.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: Which I I share that because of that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about talking about insurance,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, a lot
1: of times people, if I had to pick a niche that I really would just never stop talking about, it would be life insurance and annuities. Really, I just had so much experience in those areas with life insurance, especially that I'll just never stop talking about that.
0: What about health insurance? Do you do you deal with health insurance at all?
1: I don't. I'm a, compo- a fan of living benefits, so I do talk to people about those. I think everyone needs to have living benefits. Health insurance just isn't my animal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not what we sure. Want to do. Yeah, a lot of people. I- yeah i yeah there's there's i'm sure so um so you've been married 10 years okay well um
1: our youngest is my son who's 25 oldest is 32 you have a 25 year old yeah my
0: baby's 25 oh my gosh okay well you're you're I don't know how to say this. I did not think you would be old enough to have a twenty-five-year-old. I'll just no, leave it there. Thank you. Thank
1: you.
0: So, so, what do you think holds people back from really experiencing? Um, and listen, I, I, you know, I'm a huge Grant Cardone fan. And, and, you know, he, he's constantly, I mean, if you've seen Grant, you know, he's constantly going, you need more money. And I agree with that. Um, You know, I think that, that freedom is such, people don't really think about it. I don't think people really think, you know, I, I want freedom in, in life. And so I think that I I wanna hear your take on what do you think, in your opinion, holds people back from real financial success in life and freedom, which I think are related. Cause listen, I've been broken homeless and I've been wealthy and broken homeless sucks. So um, broke and almost homeless sucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which are many Um, Americans.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Who, who's Facebook user? That's gotta be, that's, Joe. that's, that's gotta be Joe. <laughs> yeah. I've met, um, I've
1: met Grant a few times. Natalie
0: is in the dark because California wants to keep, Oh, wow. Hey, it's,
1: it's like over hundred <laughs> degrees out here already.
0: Oh my gosh. So, so, um, so what do you think keeps people, you know, financially struggling and and um not having the real freedom and joy and success that that most i think most people would if you said do you want it they would take it if you just handed it to them right but what what do you think holds people back
1: i would say identity number one and then number two would be clarity of knowing what we want that would be the two biggest things Most people haven't taken the time to figure out what do they want? What does it look like for me? There's so many possibilities. I mean, that was one of the things that I learned too. There's so many ways that we can have freedom. It doesn't have to look just one way. When you hear Grant, myself, whoever we're talking about these things, it doesn't just have to look one way. There's not one way to do it. So what does it look like for you? What do you want it to look like? Some people don't want to make millions of dollars. They just want to have, you know, a residual six-figure income so they can do what they want. What does it look like for you? What do you love? If you want a passive income, okay, well, what do you want to, how do you want to create that? What is again, it goes back to your passion. And I think there's so much to be said about paying attention to what we're passionate about most people aren't stopping and thinking i'm passionate about this and so i um
0: that is not that's not (laughs) nice to see you grant (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's joe i know he's doing that i know it's Joe. he does that crap all the time (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead
1: um but people just don't know what they want and if, if we really take the time i think to slow down and spend time with ourselves and get clear on who we are and what we want, then at least we can get started somewhere. But because we don't take the time to do that, we're just—we don't get started. We don't know where to start. How do we start? So many people are looking at it as like, there's a lack of a place to get started. I don't know how to make money. I can't do this. I can't do that. How do I find a sale? Where do my leads come from? I don't believe that's the challenge at all. I believe the challenge is that there's so much around us that we don't know where to choose from. It's that clarity of, okay, what do I want? This is how I do that. If I wanna become rich by investing in real estate, hey, who's doing that? Who can I emulate to do that? But the first has to start with, hey, I wanna make money in real estate. And people aren't taking the time to really find out what do I want and what does that look like? They see influencers on TV and think, oh, I have to have millions and millions of dollars to be happy, I have to have a Gucci watch in person. And I just believe that couldn't be farther from the truth.
0: So you don't own a Gucci watch or purse?
1: <laughs> no, and, I, I, and honestly, I don't know that I ever will, is the truth.
0: So, <laughs> uh, okay, well, what if somebody like, we'll use Joe since he's watching, we'll use him as the example. What if you're, you know, 65 years old like Joe? Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But what if you're, what if, you know, what if you're older, 50s, 60, and and, you know, you've, lived a a life, at least part of a life. Um, and you still maybe don't know what you want to do. What I, and again, I know this isn't financial planning, but it kind of is, um, like, what do you say to people like to get, to help them really Get rid of the fears or whatever's holding them back from from becoming who they're supposed to be or who they really want to be.
1: I think the biggest thing again is just going back to what are their desires. Um, if you look at the text behind desire, it means of the father. I think there's a reason why we have desires that go towards certain things. And if we pay attention to that, that it leads us to the trajectory that's going to give us fulfillment. So where is your desire? What, would you, what do you do all day that doesn't make you money that you love? If it's golfing, if it's, you know, I don't know what playing video games, creating content. Okay, well, then how can you use that to make money? How can right. you capitalize on doing what you love? Um, that would be the first thing that I would say. If they're looking to make money in that way, what do you, how can you capitalize on doing what you love? How can you turn that into money?
0: Wow. Um, <laughs> I can't put that comment up. Um, so <laughs> Joe, I some of his con comments are just, um, so, so you're saying that, well, I mean, Napoleon Hill says that everything's, you know, it all starts with desire, right? The starting point is desire, but what if, what if you're, um, how do I word this? I'm trying to think how to, how to word this. What if people don't really know what their desire is? How do they find that? Yeah.
1: I think that you need to go out and explore. It's funny because I I was thinking about this the other day. because someone was talking about failure and I was like, I don't know if I believe that there's such thing as failure. I think that there's different things I've tried in my life life that I didn't like as much, or I didn't get the result that I wanted, but that allowed me to become clear on what I like and what works. So I would say just start going towards those things and becoming clear on what you like and what you want your how you want your time to be spent as well. Because even right now, I'm very I get I get bored very easy, and so I kind of always have a lot of little projects going on. And my husband's always like, you know, you always start a new, you always start a new project. And so I had started uh, this last year, a real estate company where we were doing deed funding and an accelerator program for entrepreneurs. And I had to stop back and go, you you started these to be able to help people. That's why you're doing it. But everything that you're doing with what you're doing is still helping people. Like you don't have to be spread so thin that you're adding all these other elements. Do you want to be transactional? do you want to have to do all these other things? And the answer was no. And so I decided to cut those from my plate. But if I hadn't experienced it, I wouldn't have known that.
0: Okay. What's, what do you mean an accelerator program for entrepreneurs? What's that? What's that even look like?
1: So basically it's a program where you adopt a business. Essentially Uh, we get funding for businesses and we take them through how to have a sustainable, scalable business. So funding, Um, You know, when do you do your business plan? You know, what type of corporation do you set up? How do you do your marketing? All that stuff.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. So you built, you were building a team around that or you were doing it all yourself?
1: I was was part of a team. Yeah, I was part of a team. (laughs) So they're still going. I still have a role in it. Part of the reason why I got into it is because we have a show as well, The Better Your Business Show. and, And on that show, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how to have a sustainable, scalable business and so um so we created that to help because what you know what does everyone want at the end of the day they say can they want more money more money more money more money it's everyone says so it's like great we can give you more money but what we all know is that if i don't teach you what to do with it you're going to be broke and not use it correctly right so um so yeah like the
0: average lottery winner after a few years they're broke
1: yeah we actually had a lottery winner in our family seven million.
0: Wow.
1: Mm -hmm. And And? gone in less than five years.
0: Seriously? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Seriously?
0: Yeah. I've never talked to somebody that knows Mm -hmm. somebody that won the lottery and went broke. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. How how they just didn't invest it. They blew it.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was younger. I was 18. So I don't like, I don't know the ins and outs of their, and it was like an uncle, (laughs) so I know the ins and out of it but yeah it was gone
0: wow I can't imagine I know
1: that they bought a lot of expensive stuff right away um so I'm sure that they just were keeping up with the Joneses mentality right I look I'm, I'm rich I look rich I have all this stuff instead of investing it leveraging it um you know using it to make more money for them investing in assets that were going to make them more income they just spent it all
0: so what what, um, what assets are, I mean, cause look, recurring revenue, which I'm a huge fan of recurring revenue. Um, what, what do you guide your clients to invest in real estate? Is that, is that big or what, what, where, and I know that there's no blanket statement that'll cover everyone. I get that, but, like what are some of the things that you do say, hey, this would be a good investment for you or? or.
1: So part of it's going to go, I'm going to look at the basic fundamentals of their finances first. And if they don't have that in place, we're going to start there, right? I'm going to teach them how to budget, how to you know get out of debt, whatever. I got to teach them how to be a good steward first before I teach them how to do anything else. So then that's going to be the conversation of what do you want that to look like for you? Do you want to invest in the market? Do you want to invest in... You know indexes are you a crypto fan do you want to buy real estate my niche is life insurance and annuities okay but my company your money expert the reason why is because i have experts that i work with in all those areas so whether i'm going to niche it for you i have if it's not me i have someone that's going to take care of you
0: wow that's pretty okay so um there's there's
1: with certain licensing, you have restrictions, right? So there's certain uh, things I can and cannot say. So I just let actually today is my last or yesterday was my last day for my securities license. So I can say whatever I want now, but, um, but that was part of it. As I wanted to be able to say, Hey, this isn't the right fit for you, but I know someone that can.
0: Got it. Um, So there are, what's the one guy's name that Dave, Ramsey Ramsey So there's Dave Ramsey and there's we'll we'll just use two two people that I'm familiar with Dave Ramsey, Grant Cardone um, they are completely opposite of each other. I'm just gonna throw that out there uh how do I say this and I I don't know what I, I don't know what you can or can't say but who who would you subscribe to the most? Oh, I two. listen
1: to Grant all the time.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah,
1: good. I've seen Grant in in, in person before. I yeah, I would definitely um I think that yeah, I would definitely
0: Grant. <laughs> Cuz I, I I I mean, doesn't Dave I I've never listened to I've listened to bits of Dave Ramsey and I thought Ugh. um like he says no debt ever. No debt, right? Um I just can't how do you live and build a business or a bigger life or expand with zero debt? I don't even know how that's possible.
1: Yeah, sometimes I think he's a little disconnected from middle America.
0: <laughs> well, that and, and you know, I've heard rumors that he's been way in debt or is way, I, you know, I don't know, but I, I think that that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is funny that's a funny comment <laughs> that's a funny comment Well,
1: and I, I i had read i don't know if i was listening on audible but he was talking about even that he has he owns a permanent life insurance policy which i thought was very interesting a variable policy um since he's always saying don't do annuity, annuities don't have permanent insur- insurance but um he owns it right Right. Or we had Susie Orman. I had seen a video of her on YouTube a while back where she was knocking variable annu- or variable annuities. A lady come in. Her husband had passed away. She inherited the annuity and she, they'd played the game right. And Susie goes, that was the perfect fit for you in that situation. And it's like, yeah, it was because these are just tools. These tools have been created for a reason. So it's about finding what is the tool that works best for my family and my situation. And again, what do I want it to look like? Do I want to be the next Grant Cardone? Do I want to be, um, you know, on stages talking about real estate? I mean, I was at an event where, where Grant actually Grant and Ed Milet uh, showed up and surprised us. They jumped on on stage, and there was about fifty thousand of us that there. Grant had the room so crazy, I literally almost threw up because the, the energy in the room was so high. And I'm a high energy person, so if you can get me to almost throw up, it's a good day, right? Yeah. So, um, Yeah, you just gotta decide what does it look like for you are you the kind of person that wants to be in the the back you know hey i want to be financially independent but i don't want to be seen i don't want to be on the front end you know i want to be a a behind the scenes kind of person it's really just i think about creating it the way that you want it to look
0: so so okay i think this is joe and i think that he finally asked a good question (laughs) i'm kidding i love joe joe i love you bro Um, So, but why is insurance a good investment? And explain for the the people watching that don't know, what's the difference between insurance and annuities?
1: So an annuity essentially is insurance on your money. You're protecting your money. So you're protecting um, whether you're going to outlive your money, you can protect it from the market. And then life insurance, you're protecting your life, your income, and your assets. Say
0: that one more time.
1: So, life insurance is protecting myself, my income, my assets, and annuity is protecting my money.
0: Okay. So, uh, uh, so life insurance is is good for when you're dead, which doesn't get That's me. A
1: myth mythbuster. Myth <laughs> what? A myth. That's a myth. You can you can lo- use life insurance while you are alive.
0: Okay. Now, now you're talking my language. So, so talk about that. How, how's that even possible?
1: So there's two different types of life insurance. There's term insurance and permanent insurance, right? So if you have watched Dave Ramsey or, or Susie or any of them, you know, permanent insurance is kind of what they smash all the time. Um, so term insurance is kind of like renting. You have your term. It's 10, 15, 20, 30 years. At the end of the term, you no longer have insurance permanent last your lifetime It's like equity you have you get equity income tax free like you would owning a home right okay well so that's one way on your permanent insurance that you can use it while you're living is you can take that money from your policy and you can take it income tax free so that's one way but also they have what's called living benefits which these are so powerful and these are on term insurance and permanent insurance living benefits are benefits that you can for while you're living. And what they're gonna do is protect us while we're living. So if things happen, we're able to use that money now. Or if things don't happen now where we need it, we can use it when we're older as a type of long-term care benefit to help take care of those needs. What I love about it is that because it's the life insurance policy, I don't have to collect all my receipts for long-term care and submit it to the company and pay for it first and get a reimbursement. No, I just put, hey, these things have happened and the insurance company gives me money but it allows me cancer, heart attack, stroke. One out of every male is going to have cancer in his lifetime. One out of every three females, we have a heart attack stroke every 40 seconds, every 40 seconds, someone has a stroke. These types of plans will cover these things so that if you can't work, if you can't produce income, it will sustain your lifestyle because who's going to do that? How many times do we know people that have gotten sick, had to go to the hospital and Wiped out everything they'd worked so hard for, saved 30, 40 years for, wiped it out in two, three days, or didn't have the money for the care. So many people think their loved ones passed away because whatever reason, but the reality is it's because the care wasn't there. It's because the care wasn't there. and, And that's just most horrible thing to me. So the living benefits are something we could use. Now I get more passionate about the living benefits that I do even the life insurance, because I think it's more important. We can, we can save 10, $15,000 to bury somebody. Okay. But can we, do we have hundreds of, of thousands of dollars to support them if they're sick? Right. And fa- my father passed away from ALS. He was sick a total, uh, a total, of almost three years. His uh after so my mom was a nurse good health care her cost out of pocket just for one of his medications was two grand a month two grand how many families could have afforded that we were so so blessed to be able to that she had a good job and we were able to do that but most people it wouldn't have been an option it would have been like we can't afford the medication
0: i spoke to somebody the other day that told me they had i forget what it was exactly but they they had something. And they, the, um, the medication for it was, you ready? $63,000 a month. That's
1: insane. A
0: month. And I said, what? So you're not like, I, there's no way you can, like, what? Grant right. could do that. <laughs> but yeah. but Right. Or Ed Milet, but $63,000 a month for medication. So you're, are you saying that there are, there are policies out there that would help or cover that?
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: That are yeah. not health insurance. They're, they're not health insurance. they life insurance.
1: Yes. What? They're part of life insurance. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So things just got really interesting. So how do, uh, so people don't know this. hmm Right? Am Yeah, I wrong? It's,
1: it's really become hot on the market within the last 10, 10, 11 years is when living benefits have become more known. But I mean, people
0: still don't really, I mean, how do you educate people and let them know that these things exist? I post on, on,
1: <laughs> I post on Facebook every day. I'm on Ken I mean, Walls. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right, right. I
1: do a lot of networking. I talk about it all the time. I just talk about it all the time because I think it's so important. We don't want to... I never had a challenge with talking about death. I think it's just because it's something I've experienced so much. Um, yeah, but I've realized that most people don't want to talk about it. So I think that they just want to look at life insurance. We just don't think we're going to pass away. We want to look at life insurance when we're 50, 60 years old. It's so expensive at that time. Anyways, if we're going to leverage money, you want to get it while you're young and healthy. You're paying pennies on the dollar for it. That's how you want to do it. I just I just helped a client. Um, she's 71. She needed to get long term care and it's $1,300 a month for her to get the long term care at 71. Wow. Right? Horrible. You know what I did? I put her in a permanent policy with living benefits, cost her half the price. She's still protected for the things she wanted.
0: Wow. You so, we, And again, way. you know,
1: when you do stuff like that for people, they tell everybody anyway.
0: <laughs> that is so, so. awesome so what are the what are the majority of the phone calls you get on a daily basis are they people in that situation i mean the the baby boomers are huge right now right the biggest biggest segment of our population i believe um like what are the majority of the of the 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 phone calls that you're on on a daily basis
1: The last three years for me have been a lot more towards business planning. Um, So doing buy-sell agreements, 401k, group insurance plans, executive bonus plans. That's been more of the last three years for me. But other than that, it was either people were looking for life insurance or to start some type of savings account. And usually they didn't even know what type of savings account they wanted. They just knew they wanted to save. They wanted to talk to me about what would be a good place for me to save money. That's usually why people reach out
0: and 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 a lot of times you're saying that annuities are are kind of a, a good direction
1: depends on the client <laughs> does it yeah just depends on the individual age when do you want to touch it what is your risk tolerance
0: what if i want to what if i want a a policy or i don't know if i'm saying the right um, words but what if i wanted something where it's like okay there are there are death benefits there are living benefits and there are um you know i want to go to disney world benefits
1: i would say do an index universal life policy (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) yeah okay that's what i would say that will give you you can do all three of those with one of those
0: really okay Mm -hmm. wow Wow. Like you really know this. So, so again, I want to go back to um, I think that there are. You know, look, during this, 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 the last, well, the pandemic and all, you know, I mean, suicide rates skyrocketed Mm -hmm. globally, not just here in the US, but all over the world and people just giving up and not knowing what to do. Um, for the people who may listen to this or be watching and, um, or see the replay and, and they, they, maybe they feel like they've given life, everything they have, they've given their business, everything, and they just can't figure it out. And they're at the end of their rope. They don't know where else to go, what else to do. They call you up and say, Natalie, I just don't know what else to do. I've given it everything. Um, what do you say to, to those, those people that are, that are just, they've lost all hope.
1: I I don't believe that they've lost all hope if they call me. Right. I think Ah. there's an element of hope there if they've reached out to me. So, um, So I'm going to talk about that. I I know that every single one of us can make it and do it. I believe that with everything in me, it's never a matter of if it's just always a matter of when you just have to get up and do the work and grow and get better. So if I'm going to look at that person's situation, I have to look at how are they running their business? How are they showing up? Are they taking responsibility? Do they have money blocks that are getting away? Belief systems that are getting in the way? Are they thinking they're working hard and they're really not. And that's why they're not you know, um, getting the results that they want. So it's really just about reflecting. Just ha- I'm really just kind of helping them talk out loud, right? We already yeah. know the answers of what we need to do. I'm just walking them through it. I'm helping them feel safe. And I'm helping just give them direction, point them in the right direction really is it. But I think if they've reached out to me, they still have hope or they wouldn't have.
0: Do you find that that because I I don't know how many clients you have and and where are are you just licensed in California or are you everywhere? Wow, somebody just posted a comment that's literally, can you write? policies in every state i need to provide our partners with life insurance options look at that and eric is a friend of mine and a client of mine that owns a big trucking company out of tennessee oh cool um, so so are you national are you just California where, where
1: I'm in a few other States, but it's not hard to get appointed in other States. So I'll help clients in, in other States whenever they need it. I just, you pay a fee essentially to be licensed there in California, as long as, cause I'm licensed in California. Supposedly it's the hardest state to get licensed in. We have to pass with a D by the way. Um, you just pay a fee to, to do business in other States. So,
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So um, what, So out of all the people in the United States, 380 million or whatever the population count is now, um, what do you think stops most people from reaching out to you or somebody like you, but we'll say you since you're here, what stops people from reaching out to you and saying, hey, I need help?
1: Usually it's pride. Pride we have a lot of pride when it comes to our money. Um, people want, we want to act like we have it all together that we don't have different seasons. I have my Gucci watch. I have my Gucci belt. Look at me, look at me. And, um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is we don't want to say, Hey, I'm having a challenge in this area. That would be number one. Um, and I think the second one would just be people don't know what they don't know. And there's so many options out there. It's, who do i talk for a certain thing i have p- people call up to me all the time and say hey is this something that you do sometimes they're not even clear if i can help them in that area so that would mostly be the reasons but if they don't it's usually pride related
0: really okay and and do you help average people or is it just wealthy people
1: no i help anyone that wants help <laughs>
0: Love that. Someone
1: had asked me, how do I convince people to do these things? And I said, well, I don't, but I'll work with anybody that wants help. If you reach out to me and want help, I'm going to help you. But if I have to convince you to help yourself, you're just not my client.
0: Yeah. What is your website address?
1: Uh, so I just have a link tree right now, which is Linktree slash expert. Or you can go to YourMoneyExpert.net, but it's, it's a lot of life insurance stuff. <laughs>
0: If they can get to you through your moneyexpert.net. Yeah. dot I'm going to put that up on the screen. That's a great domain, by the way.
1: You can you can thank Joe for that.
0: <laughs> That's a great domain. Good job, Joe. So so, so so. Everybody needs to, first off, they need to follow you because you do put out a lot of great content on, we're friends on Facebook. You put out a lot of great content. Um, I think that uh, in my opinion, it really comes down to, um, and my wife is watching, she, po- she popped that up there as well. Um, so, so, um, you know, I, I think it comes down to ignorance and, and, and you know that they just don't know what they don't know and i think everybody should reach out to you do you have any like programs out there that are are available for people that want to want to ease into this and and start learning about you know your methodology i mean do you have anything where you, uh, educational products
1: um, not standalone. No, we we do this show. Uh, we have a software, Pillar Five software. Um, that if you're an entrepreneur, I would definitely go check that out. It's going to let you know where you're at in your business seed stage. You know all the things that you need to do in between. Um, but usually, I'm educating them based on their own situation when I sit down with them. Yeah. Um, right, and then we can expand.
0: That's awesome. There's so
1: much information, you know, YouTube and there's tons of amazing experts out there. I think really is just really having the desire to take ownership of this area.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So any last words that you would like to leave the audience with um, that, that will leave an impression with them?
1: You know i would just say that if go after what you want in life just go after it don't let that little voice in your head that can get in the way and tell you it can't be done or it's going to be hard or i'm not worth it or blah 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 whatever just tell it to shut up and go for it because i know with everything in me that you can achieve everything you want and more one of the things that i learned which i thought was my final destination of everything i wanted i arrived there six years early and It was awesome. I was like, yes, I did it. I've arrived, right? I'm here, I'm here. And I got there and I realized it was nothing that I wanted. (laughs) I just thought I wanted it, right? It wasn't what I thought, it, it wasn't what I wanted. And so sometimes we'll get to those destinations and it's we figure out, hey, I want more than this or I'm ready to go next level or it's just not what I thought it was. So. Um, go for it. Because again, those moments are just you getting clear on what you want. And that's the beauty of life is because that clarity of expansion and we get to play and have fun and try all these wonderful different things. So go after what you want in life. And then I do not charge uh, for an assessment.
0: You don't charge. So right. anybody can reach out to you and you're not going to charge them. Correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A true commission salesperson. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's awesome though. I mean, because there's probably some people that you can't help. Right. I mean, at, at yeah. the end of the day. So, wow, Natalie. I didn't,
1: I didn't want that to be a reason people didn't reach out either. I always want to be an open door for even just a conversation. So. Cause
0: there are people that charge like yeah. for an assessment. Yeah, yeah.
1: a couple yeah. thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's incredible everybody go follow natalie are you on instagram and all that
1: yep all the social media platforms under your money expert
0: that's so awesome um look look at this who's facebook user i just got here that's so funny well thank you to everybody who watched today um, go to yourmoneyexpert.net and learn more about Natalie and and reach out to her. This this is um, somebody said following her now. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Facebook user is. I'm assuming that's not Joe since you guys are already friends. <laughs> but um, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and. Um look she's awesome but should move out of California <laughs> right yeah she's probably thought that same exact thing why am i so awesome and living in california <laughs> yeah um anyway so uh, listen i i appreciate you coming on my wife just followed you so hopefully yeah. you get some more followers and um and 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 you said link tree what you, what was it? Linktree dot?
1: Uh, your money expert. Linktree slash your money expert.
0: So is it linktree.com? Is that, is that?
1: Um, no, it's just Linktree. I think I could put it in the comments.
0: Linktree, your money expert on Linktree. I don't know if Link is Linktree even, I don't know if it's searchable, but anyway, Oh there, private, private chat. Ooh, oh. Aha. Here. Well, I can't. It's linktr.ee slash your money expert. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, everybody go follow. Here we go. Somebody put it in. Thank you. Thank you. Um so thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom you so and and your, your story. And thank you to everyone who watched and shared this out. If you haven't shared this out, go on ahead now and share it out. So thank you, Natalie. I appreciate you thank being you here. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you, Ken.
0: You're welcome. All right. I'm going to end the live stream. You guys have an awesome, awesome day and we will see you later. Thanks so much. Stay with me, Natalie.